Blog Talk Radio. And as has often been the case with the free-flowing episodes that are becoming a part of the Frontier Beyond Fear after many years of being on the air, the idea for today's program arose out of watching the Olympics yesterday. And I am speaking of the opening ceremony of the Olympics. And I have to tell you, there are many, many lessons and symbols and powerful notions embedded in that opening ceremony, the least of which is watching the diversity of cultures that we see every few years should be every four, although it's really become two and two. When I was young, this year we're going to see what it's like when the summer and the winter Olympics are close together because the winter will be coming up very soon, and that's the way it used to be when I was young. The Olympics would come around, and then you'd have to wait four more years. But I have some rather serious things to talk about here and also expansive things and both serious and expansive. And I very much invite those of you who are spiritual, and I know many of you are, if you're listening to this program, to deeply reflect on what I'm about to say. Because it's very important for us to acknowledge and celebrate who we are and what we bring to the equation as spiritual people. I would say that a significant portion of the athletes who marched out have a spiritual or religious tradition, may have a very um, deep and ancient indigenous tradition that some of them honor, and truthfully, we all have within our societies these traditions and many people including me (laughs) can attest to how 
expansive and filled with possibility spirituality can be. Can some of these traditions take us down darker roads? Well, history is filled with all kinds of things taking us down dark roads. And that's really more the people and how they are interpreting the things that they are learning. And it's not just in the domain of any kind of a belief system. If a society goes down a dark road, it's due to lack of compassion and empathy. It's due to lack of mindfulness. And it's really due to leaders who aren't leaders, who are, you know, psychopathic in some cases when it goes really dark or just really don't have the emotional, intellectual, or even spiritual maturity to lead because it actually takes maturity, real maturity, to be true leaders and to be true participants in um, an actively expansive and reflective an honest, very important aspect there, society. I actually DVR'd the opening ceremony, and then I only watched a bit of it because I had something I had to do in the morning, and I turned it on about 15 minutes before a meeting that I had. And I have to tell you, the beginning of it brought me to tears. It, it was so beautiful. You saw this image of, um, it was just so highly metaphysical, I can't even completely express it. I have to watch it again. It, it spoke to me beyond words. But you saw this seed that was sprouting. And you saw the hardship that we went through in this past year. And, you know, the, the challenges that we are continuing to go through, they do continue. Um, you saw this, and then you see this single individual standing in the middle of the arena, and she rises up, and the shadow of the seed blossoming, which we had already seen it sprouting in the first part, is behind her. It, it shows that she represents that blossoming. We all represent that blossoming. And then you also saw how all of these individuals, they, they found a way to come back to their training, even in the midst of the pandemic, and they each did it on their own. But there were these light um, symbols showing how they were connected, and the narrator, narrator said that too, how they were themselves, they were pursuing this lofty goal. At one point, um, one of the individuals sits down and looks like um, she's in despair, like this, you know, where is this going? And many people can talk about how that happened. And it must have been so difficult for many athletes. And I remember hearing that, you know, they're pre they prepared all of their lives for this dream. And then it suddenly is taken away. And then, of course, this year, and there's controversy around, you know, the safety and things like that. I'm not going to really get into that too much, but just whatever the reason for going ahead, because I could see 
pluses and minuses in both. I'm not knowledgeable enough to really speak to that. They did. They went ahead, and they're holding the Olympics right now. And so there were these other aspects to the opening ceremony where you saw um, cultural, beautiful cultural um, aspects of Japan and how deeply spiritual they are. And you could feel that within parts of this. They showed, um, you know, building something. They were rebuilding. And there were these symbols of that. And many were in traditional dress. And you could just feel the beauty of the traditions of their culture. Later, there was even a kind of a clearing. That may be shocking to some people. You know, so many indigenous cultures have exactly that, where, you know, you have this figure, kind of the medicine man, or however you, I'm not an expert in Japanese spirituality, but they talked about how this individual was, um, a rather scary-looking individual, was clearing the energy, clearing the negative energy, not only in the arena, but in the world. And then you had this woman playing the piano, and I may be getting this out of order because there's a part of this ceremony I am going to address shortly, which I really think we need to think about more deeply. Um, But there was this um, extremely talented pianist, and she was playing the piano, and it, it was really a very beautiful ceremony, all these fireworks and metaphysical concepts, imagery, all kinds of things. But there came a point, and I can't quite remember when it was. It may have been before or after the clearing. Actually, if it was after the clearing, either way, it's ironic. And this is something we need to think about because it's happening often. And it so beautifully and rather starkly, sadly, symbolizes a phenomenon that is going on with us. And it's not something that's helping us. And we can do better. Those of us in the spiritual community can do better. And that is when a song, which everyone, this song has been around a long time. I used to really, um, I've had kind of an unusual relationship with this song. When I was younger, I used to think it was sacrilegious, actually, and I was scared of it um, because I was taught to fear things, and but at the same time, it felt kind of um, daring, daring and sacrilegious at the same time. Um, then, you know, there came times in my life, even relatively recently, where I thought, you know, this song had powerful things to say, and it does have some powerful things to say, but it does not say them in a context in which any of them could ever succeed and this is the song imagine i will not during this episode give you all the lyrics i think probably most of us know them and don't i want you to really listen because you'll understand if you're spiritual you're going to get what i have to say and it's teaching us something important this song and how we need to change and expand even more it doesn't Its imagination is so limited. We can go so much farther. And I have the lyrics up. I will not state them directly um, just to be, 
mindful. I'm not going to play the song. I'm not able to do that. But I'm going to, I encourage you, if you want to go and get the lyrics, you can easily search for them, bring them up. I'm going to do an analysis without talking about the exact lyrics. And, of course, this song is by John Lennon, who, by all indications, I mean, I'm not an expert on the Beatles. They were around in my youth, my very young days. I was very young when they were popular. But I got the impression that they are spiritual in nature, and I know that they pursued um, various types of spirituality, um, types of metaphysical spirituality. I know that spirituality was meaningful to certainly some of the Beatles. And I haven't gone, and I, this is such a spontaneous episode, I have not gone and like even read John Lennon's biography to see exactly what he did and when. And I've heard a few things about this song, but I don't, I'm, this isn't about biography. This is about an impression and also how we can take it deeper and more expansively and how we need to reevaluate this song from the standpoint standpoint of being spiritual people. The song begins by basically dismissing what some of us in the metaphysical community would call the other side. There's a problem with this in our society right now. This is why people are so actively wanting, for example, to extend life indefinitely in some AI form, so that you never get to see whatever is beyond this life. And though this song may and certainly does suggest that it's talking to a degree about one form of religion, it really is talking about spirituality as well, even while it has some empathic aspects, which we will talk about in a little bit. I mean, it has peace in it. It has some powerful things in it. But when it dismisses the beyond and says there is only what's above our heads, there's only what's above our feet, that this is the earth, that's it. And sure, many of us who have come from certain traditions have questioned the notion of hell, which shows up here. And I would tend to contend that's probably what's driving this paragraph, just how, or this first part of the song, just how difficult it is to integrate the notion of hell with a loving divine. Many people have questioned that. But when you take everything else and just throw it away, and where do we even talk about divine love or the love that is beyond and within, or what about later in this episode, I'm going to read a verse. Actually, maybe I'll do it right now. Luke um, 17.20. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Also, I have near, this is through some of my past research, and it's related. The Gospel of Thomas 2 and 3, verses 
two and three. Actually, I'm not sure exactly where this is from the Gospel of Thomas, but this is in the Gospel of Thomas. Jesus said, let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished and he will rule over the all. Jesus said, if those who lead you say, see, the kingdom is in the sky. Oh, I didn't even read this before the show. This is ironic. Then the birds of the sky will precede you. Such a synchronicity. If they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourself, then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are sons of the living Father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty, and it is you who are that poverty. That's from the Gospel of Thomas. And, of course, there's Matthew 7, 7, which um, talks of this concept of seeking and finding. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. There's another um, couple of passages. Um, Psalm 82.6 said, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. John 10:33 through 34 The Jews answered him saying for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy because that thou being a man makest thyself god Jesus answered them is it not written in your law i said ye are gods John 14:12 I tell you the truth Anyone who has faith in me will do all that I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. These passages are all relevant to our considering of this song that was so prominently featured last night. And apparently they've been singing it for years. And I do want to say something at the outset here that I really do feel, since the Olympics honors a diversity of cultural um, paradigms, and you could see that in the athletes marching in, to have them celebrate singing of a song that says that their spirituality and religion is invalid is inappropriate. I will say that starkly and directly that is not honoring their diversity, which is the purpose of the Olympics. And I do believe this song should be eliminated from the Olympics in the future. I know I'm just one voice, but I really do believe that. No matter how beautifully it's sung by how many stars from different places, I mean, they had different people from different continents singing, but just how was that honoring the traditions of the people? Many of them were wearing their traditional dress. Many of those athletes are deeply spiritual people and have a diversity of traditions, and it's simply not appropriate to exclude them. You don't just invite all these athletes of a diverse, diverse set of traditions and then dishonor those traditions. 
which is exactly, despite some of the positive aspects of this song, exactly what this song did. And I was truly very put off by it after having been brought to tears earlier in the ceremony with some of the power of of those aspects. And actually, the ceremony even contradicted the song in many ways, and I'll get into that as well. This is pretty... Um, this is leading-edge stuff today. I mean, this is, may not seem, when you look at it on the surface, I get it. You say, oh, but we've always loved this song. What's wrong with the song? That's the problem, is we don't see that we are undermining our own knowledge of spirituality when we allow these kinds of messages to continue to be elevated. And you really couldn't get more elevated than on that stage last night. And that if our civilization, if all of our societies continue to dishonor spirituality and continue to mock it, say it doesn't work, say these people are nuts, whatever, that is not not only does that then dismiss a large portion of the population because people come to spirituality from many paths. There are many people from multiple political persuasions who are spiritual. It isn't true because if we were an honest society, we would be exploring that. I have something else to say about the rocket launches as well in a moment, which also happened this past week. So, let's continue here. So, we're basically told that the world is just the world. The sky is just the sky. And that's, we're supposed to be happy that way. That is not the truth. That's not the truth. People, I, I saw an amazing thing. Actually, my friend, a friend of mine, who's actually been on this show, and I both independently saw amazing synchronicities yesterday. I don't know what was going on yesterday. I remember it was the day before. No, it was yesterday. I don't know. Maybe one was the day before. In any case, in this past week, I'm losing track of all my conversations I've had this week. There have been some powerful synchronicities experienced. In fact, I just had a little one here in that I didn't even realize the Gospel of Thomas guy being too limiting, that you don't consider the sky the limit. The sky isn't the limit. The multiverse is the limit. There are no limits. Heaven is within you. And all the more wonderful, expansive, and loving things, which we will talk about in this song, would only be possible if the spiritual aspects of society are valued and honored. And dishonoring the diversity of a large portion of those athletes is not appropriate. That is not honoring diversity. And we need to stop excluding spirituality. It's become popular to do this. We hide our spirituality. We pretend not to be spiritual. We say it has no place in education or research. If we were researching it more honestly, we would be verifying some things and we would be that much farther. I'm to the point where I really do believe that a truly um, expansive society that's going to make it because not all of them do. Not all the planets do make it. 
But if your planet is really going to advance and continue to thrive, it's impossible to do without spirituality. Now, some may say that contradicts their belief, but I would say it's not just belief. You need to start researching it. And if you're so skeptical, skeptical, just ask, ask, ask to be shown. I wasn't particularly skeptical when I asked, but I was looking. I didn't realize what I would find. Seek and ye shall find. Is that ever the truth? And be careful when you do. Hold on to your hat because what you see will amaze you. And you'll be able to verify it. These are things that are concrete and verifiable. There are multiple things I'm researching right now that are absolutely evidence-based. They are not just imagination. But we start. If we limit our visualizations, which is also a form of imagination, if we limit our vision to just what there is, what you see here, nothing spiritual here, that will gain us nothing. It seems to me that even the Beatles were denying themselves when they wrote this song. Were they not spiritual? Did they not see things in India? I don't know. I know they were, went on spiritual journeys. How could they have written a song that would just deny those things? So then we go on to say, you know, this concept of living in the moment, living in the day. Well, that's very powerful spiritually. But what's so very interesting is what did you just see with all of these athletes? Life is both living in the moment and establishing real goals for yourself and envisioning something that you'd like to become real. Look at how hard those athletes worked. Sure, it does help with our peace, our inner peace, to live in the moment. But it is a dichotomy. It even kind of contradicts itself in a way. You don't just live in the moment. You set what your vision is for the future. And then you act in accordance. And we all do that imperfectly. But look at how these athletes have been doing this all of their lives. They may be in any given moment experiencing that moment fully if they're spiritual, but you have to acknowledge that they are envisioning and working towards a goal. So it isn't just, you know, if all we wanted to do is not create, you know, we are creators. We are co-creators. The divine is the ultimate in a creator. And we who are derived, who are aspects of the divine, who are children of the Most High, according to Psalm 82.6. So it's embedded in multiple places, multiple religions, and certainly many of the mystics I have studied, they have seen just that, that we are both ourselves. When you have a spiritual experience, you don't lose yourself completely. You are yourself. You are loved as yourself, and people often lose sight of this. You are so special. Every one of those athletes, look at their talents. Later they showed all the sports, and there was kind of a cool segment where they were acting out the imagery of the sports. And I thought that it was really quite well done. But look at all the different sports that these athletes have been talented at pursuing, bringing it to the peak of their field. They worked very, very hard for that. 
And if you were to follow this song, where all you want to do is kind of sit around in paradise, this envisioned paradise, and do nothing really, I mean, you don't see any indication that you'd have any motivation or goal. Um, You're just living in the moment. There's no spirituality, really, not that it has any kind of depth to it. You don't think about the metaphysical. You don't think about and study what's on the other side. You don't think about and study evidence of synchronicity. These are meaningful coincidences. If you are looking into reincarnation, you don't look into that. I mean, that can get very complex. And other religious paths have complexity to them, other spiritual paths, indigenous spirituality. Some of the costumes that people were wearing, their traditional dress, were absolutely beautiful, so colorful. That color is us. We are the tapestry. We aren't just some drab uniform garment. We are the tapestry of creation. And we can be inspired to follow our hearts to a goal that we are capable of creating. Each of us has unique talents that we can bring into the world just as these athletes are talented in their own ways, and probably many of them figured that out when they were five years old, or that wonderful pianist who played. And isn't it ironic that we had a song totally rejecting religion? And that is a very, okay, people could say, well, what do they mean by religion? You know, this song rejects spiritual tradition, period. And yet we had a ceremony filled with spiritual tradition. This song rejects spiritual expansiveness, thinking of what's beyond, what's within, what's beyond and within. And other Beatles songs, certainly, I mean, I don't know if I, I know they had a spiritual side, but I really think they sold themselves short when they created Imagine. It is a song that lacks imagination. It doesn't imagine enough. Now, when we talk about imagining that there are no um, no nations, you know. You know, I got to really thinking about that. If we lived in a world, this is something I've thought about a lot lately. We have not exhibited ourselves to have cultural maturity, to have just one country, one world, because we just haven't grown up enough. Our leaders are not mature enough to handle that. And until we are mature enough, and I do believe it would require spiritual maturity, intellectual maturity, the maturity to be able to say that you're wrong, the maturity to be able to present contradictory information, that if these are the facts, here are the good things, here are the bad things, instead of just spinning and hiding and not being transparent, that doesn't honor your people or anyone. Until we have leaders who are truly mature. And, you know, part of my career, I studied leadership. And believe me, I am far from a perfect leader. I've had a journey through leadership. When I was younger, I was too controlling. I was too controlling because I didn't want anything to go wrong. And so I was a project leader, but I was a controlling one. And I had to learn. Even in high school, I was editor, co-editor of my newspaper, And we would swap editions. I'd be editor one time and the other person would be the other. And I tended, I was criticized for being too controlling. And I was. I was micro-controlling. 
that's not true leadership, but I was learning. Later, I started, you know, I've run various organizations. I've been a president of two nonprofits in my life. I've also been a leader in the corporate world and a project lead for years in that world. And and in the volunteer sector, I've led multiple things, including a very large festival that brought in thousands of people, 20,000 people. Well, that thing was so big. And even before that, I was a PTO president. That was big, too. You can't control everything. No, one person in a million years couldn't. Even so, I took too much on. But the thing is, what you learn when you're a leader, and in the corporate world, I was involved, especially towards the end of my car- corporate co- career, and things were just not ready for this, this problem. I was involved in expansive communications, like how do we really talk to each other to really innovate? What can we change? How can we do better? And so I was working on an executive floor, though I wasn't exactly an executive. I did have a senior leadership position where I would connect the executives to the employees in ways that would help them to know each other. Um, Like I had this idea to um, bring the executives to the Friday afternoon gathering of a group where they're just getting together. And it really got to be fun for everyone involved. They got to know each other. And I guess the executives started to bring, like, wine to the group. You know, they could probably bring better wine than the people in the group. I mean, they were making good money for sure. So anyway, um, and in other ways, how could we innovate? And it was the pinnacle of my corporate career, this job. And sadly, it wasn't. It didn't exist in an era or in an environment where that kind of thing could be fully supported, but it just, it is the kind of way we need to go forward, that kind of expansiveness. So when it comes to imagining no countries, I do now contend we are not ready for that until we are mature as a species or even are more mature than we are now. Until we are elevating leadership that has the depth of maturity, honesty, ethics, and really truthfully spirituality, although that doesn't have to be a requirement. If we were truly a spiritual society, we would naturally be called to that. No one can force that. I'm well aware of that. And a non-spiritual person can still be a good leader. But I am saying we can't forego pursuing spirituality in a society. We can't just mock it and throw it away. That isn't going to help us. We are not mature enough. We're not mature enough. And the danger is that if we're not mature enough, whatever would take control would be a nightmare, truthfully, because they don't have a maturity of leadership to handle that or the depth. They would be controlling and just not capable of true leadership. Um, So anyway, we talk about in this song about how if we didn't have these boundaries, we wouldn't have a reason to fight each other. Well, I've talked about in this program how I've been studying history in past shows. And in history, and this show is almost certainly going to go into overtime today, although I really appreciate those of you in the live audience who are here. Um, and I appreciate that Blog Talk Radio continues to surface this program while live. But um, just be aware, you'll probably have to listen to the end in the archive because we're heading on to an hour, I get the feeling. 
Um, so would there be nothing? I, I'm just like the next person. I, I'm tired of all this conflict. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants the conflict. Um, but what causes conflict? I mean, look at World War II. I mean, you had a very corrupt country that, and a leader that took over. And there have been other times that that's happened. And history is just filled with how all of development, all of creation of a society, much of it is focused on how to defend themselves. And that is true to the present day. And last show, I talked about how um, there had been a recent anniversary of the Trinity experiment where they developed the nuclear bomb, where they set out, set off the first one, and they didn't even know what it would do and what kind of environment they were in of racing to always develop the next most diabolical weapon. And that will destroy all of us. If we continue on that path, we will all be destroyed. However, you can't just say, well, we're all going to just follow this leader over here. Even if that leader or even those leaders, that group of leaders, doesn't, do not exhibit the emotional, intellectual, um, or spiritual maturity to lead, we ourselves are still becoming more mature. And I tend to believe where we're heading is the other way, is that we're probably going to end up with, there could be, especially if some societies become more spiritual, because if you truly became more spiritual, you would have much more influence over your surroundings, not a controlling influence, but a protective influence. If we could magically have this happen tomorrow, I mean, I have been, I have believed in heaven on earth and the new age for so long. And I'm not saying I want to give up on that, but it's going to require a massive expansion in awareness of the divine. You would have to know who you are and how to behave. And part of this song does talk about that. This song isn't all bad. When it talks about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, there are some noble things in this song. I would tend to believe that, you know, we know there are many planets now. We're studying them. We're seeing them. And, and I'm sure that there comes a point where the most mature planets do have some kind of planetary leadership, but they are mature enough to be able to live that way. We, are, we have not in any way shown that we have that maturity yet. And until we do, I don't know what the future is. It may be that um, pockets of light pop up here, there, everywhere. I do believe we have a lot to learn from the past and from deeper spiritual traditions. We have a lot to learn. We don't know enough yet. We want to believe that we have it all figured out, and yet lately we've been going the wrong direction. Lately, we have one of the darkest aspects of leadership is when they aren't honest with their people. You have to have the humility and the courage to be honest and lay things out as they are. And that just doesn't happen in our world. That's not maturity in leadership. So I really don't think, when you talk about would we love to live in peace? Of 
course. Of course we would. would. Imagine what we would have would create if we lived in peace and we didn't have to worry about. Um, I, I'm not a fan of developing weaponry. How that's, I mean, I really do think it will destroy us. So we have to reach maturity to be able to come to this. But you're not going to reach the kind of maturity they're talking about in this song by totally denying the spiritual. In fact, I really do not only believe, but know the only way that we can reach that true maturity, that kind of empathy, that kind of understanding that we are valued as special individuals who are creators and valuing freedom to create and teaching ideals, teaching how to behave teaching our children, you know, not all this judgmentalism. That isn't, that's not spiritual. How many spiritual traditions speak against that? I mean, it also dawned on me how I was thinking about that experiment, the Trinity experiment. And yeah, in August, I talked about that of that year. They used it. They used this, this, um, this creation in Japan. Now look, so many years later, do you see the forgiveness? Do we even think about that? All who are so dwelling on being vengeful all the time, I mean, the nastiness that is taking over society right now, the meanness, the meanness among people and among spiritual people as well that totally lacks any kind of forgiveness, any kind of belief that someone can change over time. And let's not, you know, people can be just, totally ignorant one point in their life like many years ago maybe they've been influenced in some dark way and then they change they have a dramatic awakening and yet we don't allow for that and societies they could be vengeful for centuries and sometimes that happens but when you look at the beauty of the relationship with japan look at that forgiveness there it's amazing if you think about it Think about that for a minute. That was a brutal war, too. There was a lot of brutality going on in that region. If you were a prisoner of war, many people talk about this. It was a very dark time. Things that happened in the U.S., the internment camps of multiple um, groups. My, I come from an Italian background, and there was actually judgment of Italians, and some of them were interred. That isn't talked about much. But yes, especially the Japanese. But Germans and Italians also came out under tremendous scrutiny. Um, None of this is productive, obviously. But forgiveness and grace, I still am going to do a show on grace coming up soon. That's what will carry us forward. And that was exemplified by the beauty of that ceremony last night. And how Japan, they're showing, they're loving, accepting, and just all of the love that was surrounding that ceremony. And it was beautiful. And yet, you know, not that many years ago, look what happened with this diabolical experiment. Look what happened with the conflict. How we were all treating one another. And, you know, the world realigns and shifts and different things happen. 
But the thing is, if we are moving in the positive direction, one that is defined by grace, one that is defined by spirituality, one that is defined by becoming mature, wow, yes, some of the things in this song could could happen if we could become that way. Sadly, far too many of us are not. Far too many of us get stuck. And we can't allow ourselves to get stuck. Yes, we absolutely can acknowledge the things in the past where we have failed miserably. And there are many, many things throughout the centuries. And we can say we never want to go back there. Well, we surely do not. But thank you, live audience. I'm going to continue here in the archive. Um, Okay, continuing with the song. So, of course, living in peace would be wonderful. Although I will say, well, let's just keep going. Um, I'm dreaming of something greater. And I'm not the only one. (laughs) And I know I'm not. I'm dreaming of something even more than this song conveys. I'm certainly dreaming of a reality where we see and have evidence of and study honestly things like healing, actual healing, things that go way beyond technology, things that are, that's what will transform the world is when we really see, hey, this is real. We're living in a spiritual world and we have the evidence in front of us. I'll talk briefly about the rocket launch. Yes, I watched it. It was actually fairly exciting in a way. I mean, I found it to be quite quite exciting and harrowing to watch um, Jeff Bezos launch into space. And I didn't see the other one, a couple, the, the space plane, I don't know, a week or so ago. And much has been said about all the money spent, you know, just on a joy ride and, and all of this. And I've heard it defended that, well... Wouldn't it be great if we could put, you know, polluting industries out in space as opposed to on the planet? And, you know, I, I think it would be nice if we didn't need to pollute anymore. I mean, that's the problem with technology is it, it just keeps so, – so we just move our pollution problem somewhere else. We just – we keep industrializing. In fact, we expand it even more, and then we start, you know um, – we may think that these planets are not worth bothering with, you know, maintaining their beauty or anything, but, you know, we're just going to go and and take all of their minerals or pollute those environments because, you know, they're not really important. Well, I'm not a big industrialist, as you know, and I will also say that um, if you really want to be an adventurer, that was adventurous. That was harrowing. I mean, I didn't want anything to happen to that rocket as I was watching it. It was like I just it was a very harrowing thing to watch. But I will tell you, anyone who has had a true um expansive spiritual experience and many many um different types of spiritual traditions support this. In fact, basically all of them in one of their aspects If you've had a mystical experience, it can be every bit as adventurous and in many ways as risky. If you don't have the help around you, if you don't have a shaman like some of the the spiritual cultures did to help you with your vision quest, for example, 
that can be risky too. Or in the 60s, you know, when people would go on trips in their minds, there was risk there. You know, there was light and there was shadow. Nobody goes through a spiritual experience unchanged. Nobody is unchanged by a mystical experience. But it becomes some of the most powerful things that have ever happened in your life. And you are forever changed. Most people come out of that being more intuitive. And yes, people have made grand discoveries in those areas. Even Nobel Prize winners have made discoveries and even talked about that. And But I'm not, I am not one to advocate for artificial ways of getting there because of the risks of that. But, you know, if you're in some shamanic culture, I'm also not one to... Um, Different cultures deserve to have their traditions. So um, I'm not advocating for one's path there. I actually know that you can get there without any artificiality. You can actually get there on your own, but um, not easily. And it's not the, the safest thing to do. Mystical experiences are powerful things. And they are like riding, you know, being on a rocket. They can be. Or they can be very quiet. Many people who've had mystical experiences, and I count myself among them, their lives um, become more peaceful, and it's more of an intuitive experience. You don't need all the fireworks. You don't need that. You don't. I mean, maybe you, you've had some experiences, but you don't really need to go back there. It's enough just to have that day-to-day experience of the divine. But I certainly do not see that in this song. There's no mention of spirituality at all, sadly. Um, Okay. The part where it says, I mean, absolutely, it would be wonderful, you know, this greedy, I mean, look at, you know, now we want to exploit other planets. Um, You know, we're just going to continue with our technological prowess, more and more weapons, more and more solely technological development for humanity. Um, We elevate that over everything else and we just mock spirituality and what kind of growth that could cause. Um, We don't even um, consider that. We consider those who elevate that as pariahs. Um, We we laugh at them. Um, We um, That isn't going to help us. That isn't going to help us. But of course, we would love to live in a world where everyone could be fed and that there wasn't, you know, just um, the type of greed, well, any kind of greed. No one who has greed is at peace. That is not only a dark path for the individual. It is for the society as well. However, however, valuing what you create was thinking about this thing about possessions. Although I would wager there might be a way to live in a small community where everything, like say, I was thinking of an example where my child, when he was five years old, created some beautiful thing for me and gave it to his mother. Or I gave something to my child. When people talk about no possessions, they're not thinking about creations. They're just thinking about the darker ways that greed has led us. 
it is absolutely possible to give and receive and to be in a space of abundance. Do with that abundance noble things. Now, how you go about that? Again, it requires maturity. I'm not claiming to be the most mature person on the planet, but I can imagine a society where there is that kind of maturity. And sadly, because behind the scenes, what this particular song is describing, the societies that have been built on what it's describing have failed miserably. Inevitably, a lot of people starve is that if you stop encouraging creation, if you stop encouraging like what those athletes have been encouraged to do as individuals, choosing, choosing. Some countries just say, you will do this because, hey, we think you're talented in swimming, so you better swim for us. Oh, no, not better. You will swim for us. That's not enlightened. That's not mature. That's not spiritual. That's not anything good. To have a talent and choose to develop it, to give your creation into the world, whatever that may be, that is the ultimate and that is the inspiration of the divine. The divine is not controlling. The divine doesn't say to you, you will do this. The divine gives you free choice. That's why we're here. The divine is the ultimate in loving creation and very personal as well. Don't ever, you'll never catch me depersonalizing the divine. I just try not to give it a label so that people can come to it in whatever spiritual path they're in. You can have a variety of religions and still understand some of the things I'm saying to you. God, the divine, Spirit, the Creator, wants nothing more than the children of the Most High, Psalm 82.6, to do the most with their lives on this beautiful planet. Yes, of course, to, to create the abundance so that we can be fed, so that we can be cared for. The ideal society is where everyone freely can pursue their talents and choose, and we respect their choices. We don't sing a song and have all these athletes singing it, their parents watching, and dishonor their spiritual traditions by saying, we don't honor you. We don't honor your diversity. So that's wrong. And I hope it's never sung again, but it probably will be in the winter. Um, okay. Sharing the world. Of course. Don't we want to take care of this beautiful planet? Isn't it cool to see all those cultures together? By the way, if we were all uniform, if we were all uniform, because that's what might be encouraged by just one way, just one way, one way, one leader, one way, one group of leaders, whatever, that's a rather um, daunting path because by not being just one way, we have this amazing, beautiful diversity of ways. What we don't have right now is there can 
be cultures that get out of hand where some leader takes over who's dark or some way of thinking about things that is dark and is not respectful of the people. And that particular culture then gets out of balance. But inevitably, they have cultural traditions, no doubt, that probably are balanced, that they could be called back to. But heaven forbid the day the world could become that, because that would be our end, not our beginning. Maturity is so important. Are we there yet? Living as one, we are already inseparable in oneness of the divine. And yet we also are these amazing, special, individual creators, creations, creators and creations. And the key to true spiritual maturity and maturity in everything else And by the way, this also honors mistakes along your journey. We didn't come down here to be perfect. We came down here to learn. We're on this planet to have a journey of learning. But we can still, if we are a spiritual people, we'll know, namaste, that I see it in you. You see it in me. And guess what? Heaven that thing that we're supposed to just throw in the garbage, apparently, did they really mean that? I mean, sadly, it's far too often interpreted this way. It's not only above, below, and all around us. It's within us. It's everywhere. We are inseparable. We are the threads of an amazing, beautiful tapestry. And... I do need to say, if we are to survive as a world, it is spirituality that will get us there. If you develop your spiritual gifts, there can be no pandemics. Heck, an asteroid comes your way, push it somewhere else. Just like Yoda. Oh, that sounds so ridiculous. Let's just throw this in the garbage. That is just so, oh, come on, right? Oh, my friends, everything is possible. That's what we can imagine. What is possible is beyond our imagining. I've heard this term reimagine a lot lately. Let's reimagine. Imagine, what would it be like if we really took it higher and honored the diversity of one another, which sadly, it does not. It needs to be reimagined. So, thank you for being with me today. I do appreciate those of you who are listening week to week. I know um, this is a bit of an adventurous broadcast, and I'm glad to be um, exploring freely with you, which is exactly what these are. I don't write these down. I mean, this idea came to me last night because that's where it arose, and I wrote a few notes. 
10 minutes before the show because this is my heart to yours freely exploring. Thank you for being here. Visit FrontierBeyondFear.com, which I do still need to update. I'll try to get to that soon. I'm also hoping to put some writing right on the site. I've had the blog off the site. I'm going to actually put it on the site. And I'm developing some other sites where we can think about how we can imagine things in a higher way, how spirituality really can help us. Um, And so I'm continuing with my research and my work, and as I've said in the show, I am—I have a scientific background. There is nothing to stop any scientist from exploring truth. In fact, I really would hope more would, because that is science. Science is the exploration of what is true about our reality. It continually grows and expands, and I am very delighted to be a part of true exploration. Let's not live our lives in a box. Nobody wants to be in that. And there's way more than the sky above our heads. Thank you, everyone. I will see you next time. (laughs) 